Hi everyone, welcome back to the Womanist Podcast. My name is Teresa DJ and I'm your host. I hope everyone is keeping safe and well. On today's podcast, we have a very special guest. guest. Her name is Magdalene DJ. Magdalene is a fashion journalist. She owns and manages a blog called Mason Magda. Magda has a day job as a cabin crew. And you can also find her on YouTube by searching Magdalene ODJ. That's O-D-I-G-I-E. Hello, Magda. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. This is so exciting. Yeah, you excited? <laughs> the topic isn't that exciting. Uh, yeah. You are? Okay. How are you today? I'm trying to keep saying saying but hey i can't complain this is uh, the most i've been rested in a while so yeah okay yeah. Just asking how you are how are you today oh i'm fine i am fine today today and how, I am fine. <laughs> and how is the lockdown going in dubai oh it's it's going we've been uh, i've been i've been on lockdown for 21 days but i think we're, we're trying to manage the whole situation but um yeah Okay, that's lovely. So, um, I hope I did justice with your with my intro about you. Um, we're going to just dive right in into the topic, and the topic today is overcoming the trauma of a dysfunctional family. The interesting part of this, guys, is that Magdalene DJ is my sister. Therefore, sorry. <laughs> therefore, she's actually talking about my family. <laughs> We're talking about our family and um, obviously her own personal experience because we probably did have different experiences growing up. Um, so, Magda, um, do you want to share a bit of background, family background with us? Oh, would you like to know family background? With so, us. <laughs> obviously you're on the spotlight this is your show um can you share your experience growing up in nigeria um growing up in nigeria for me was i think it was quite interesting and also very what's the word it's so real i'd say because obviously my experience as a child i had five siblings i was sort of protected by one i'd say um and then i went to boarding school so i always had people around me when I went to primary school, I had a sibling there. When I went to secondary school, I had a sibling there. Um, up until even nursery school, I had siblings everywhere. So I wasn't really, I wasn't ever really alone okay. as a child. So you felt sheltered? Um, yes. So I had a sheltered, actually, that's true. I did have a sheltered childhood because there was always someone there, someone there. Um, now the only difficulty I faced would have been from strangers, from mates, from teachers, tutors. So 
I didn't really feel any sort of difficulty um, as a child from siblings okay. or from, I, I mean, parents would always discipline you if you failed your exam, if you didn't do well, if they wanted you to read. That was, a diff, that was a normal, the norm as coming from a Nigerian or African background. Yeah. But um, in terms of, um, in terms of anything outside of that, it was always from strangers and, and tutors and all that, okay. I'd say. So um, interesting um, fact is I, I, I've, got, I've done a bit, just a tiny bit of research. And apparently 96% of families are dysfunctional to some degree so this is interesting to me because that's like saying every single person you meet is or almost every single so six in ten is dysfunctional and that's a large number and wow. the, the the interesting part of it is some people don't even realize that they might be coming from a dysfunctional home so because mm-hmm. we are raised um, by Nigerian parents, the typical method of raising children in Nigeria is very strict. And um, there's just the need for perfectionism, I think. Mm-hmm. I feel like Nigerian parents pressure you to excel in almost all areas of your life. You must take first. There was always a... I always took first in my class. Therefore you took first. It's like every Nigerian parent took first in the class. Mm-hmm. And just expected their children to take first. So that pressure was there to be perfect in all areas. There's also fear because we couldn't, I will, this is now my own personal experience. I couldn't communicate with either of my parents. And this is all Nigerian parents. You just can't, have a sit down and have a chat with your parents with your nigerian parents there's that fear because there's some topics that is just out of bounds you definitely cannot ask them about sex you can't ask even debts you can't ask them about you know debts just certain things that you're not allowed to talk to and these are Mm -hmm. signs of a dysfunctional family so would you say that you experienced any of this as a child growing up of course absolutely uh, to be honest i don't think i had i can tell you a time where i sat down with my parents as a child i'm talking up until up until the age of probably i think it even changed by 19 and i'm saying this even after we moved to the uk but I don't think I had any opportunity to sit down with my parents and say, oh, um, I have this issue with a guy who I sort of fancy. Just even, even if it's innocent, like, you know, like as a teenager yeah. or even like at school, oh, I have this issue with my friend. Me and my friend were fighting. Yeah. Um, or I have this issue with my work. You couldn't have an issue with your work. Because it was like, as a Nigerian kid, you yeah. should already know. You should, like, you, how dare you have an issue with your work? You have the books. How dare you have an issue with maths? Yes. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Um, it's quite crazy. Um, this type of pressure does affect um, people mentally. 
and um, Nigerian families or Nigeria as a whole do not believe in seeking, obviously, professional help. Nope, so no. there's not such thing as, yes, let's go for counseling or we all need to speak to a therapist. Um, that is just bizarre. That is strange. You must not talk about things like that. First of all, we are all raised um, religiously. So it's like we're Christians or Muslims and we abide to our creed and what it teaches. And just like seeking for um, external help apart from obviously God. It's like, it's strange to a Nigerian parents, but we do as kids um, grow up to discover that we are suffering from depression or anxiety because there's a lot of fear, um, especially not well in school. I know me, I never, I just wasn't, you know, getting it in school. I, I had no clue. And I must confess, I would change my results every single time results were out. I would change it. And I just was doing poorly every single time even if they gave me 100 strokes of the cane i would end up doing worse it wasn't even the right <laughs> it just wasn't the right it wasn't i wasn't listening to the cane it, it wasn't for me um i think when i became obviously when i became an adult i got it like oh, because i realized my reputation was in line so i don't think the cane you know functioned properly compared to you know, just like realizing how important it important rather it is to just excel. That's interesting because I sorry to cut you off, because I think I became the opposite. Like I don't think I I don't think I was disciplined as much as you were as a child, right? Yeah. But I did I I did excellently oh, at school. Yes. yes. I was always taking first. I was like my parents loved me because I was yes. always doing well at, at school. Yes. And then it became. When I got older, I just, I was just bad. <laughs> I was just terrible. I, and, and I just couldn't help it. it yeah. And I, so I, don't, I can't explain why. I hmm, think, that's interesting. I think it's interesting because I, I think everybody at um, some stage in their life just become rebels. I, I would like to use that word lightly. So you just, sometimes, I mean, growing up, I don't think you were, Flogged? I don't know if you were. Were you ever caned as a child? Did you ever? Uh, no, I don't think by mommy or daddy. No, I don't think. No, it, I don't think school. so. You maybe just, like little. Only at school, I was oh, yeah. like caned at school. Yeah. But like, oh. in, but when they used oh. to cane you guys at home, I yeah. I wasn't really part of, of that. I was. I was definitely. I was always part of. You know that whole ceremony of <laughs> being flogged, and. Um, <laughs> It was, um, I, and I guess maybe that was me being rebellious because um, you flog me, I'm not listening. Keep flogging me. So it's also like a cry for help, which parents do not even pay attention to. Um, uh -huh. Sometimes your child might be failing and it's not like they're just stupid. It's just they don't want to listen. And maybe that's the only way they can be seen. So they keep you keep seeing them when you're flogging them and you probably have discussions about them and say, 
oh, Teresa is not doing well. And maybe that child feels comfortable that way. Oh, my parents are talking, talking about me. So it's just like that desperation for your parents' mm-hmm. attention. And you grew up to want that in your teenage oh. years. Is that desperate? So it's a cry for help. Um, you were the good child because you grew up to, as a child, we, you were very good at school. You were, you, you were a good child at average, I think, to an extent. And um, you grew up to just like seek for that attention. And I, I guess- think I was spoiled as a child. <laughs> if you think about it, I was like, extremely spoiled. And I wasn't, re- I wasn't flogged. Even when like, I, used, I used to cry when mommy's leaving the house and oh, like, yeah. I'll be crying for money. And, and yeah. she would just put money in my hand and I'll stop crying. Yeah. And I, I think it's like it was an attention seeking behavior and, and i never got that <laughs> it was just manipulative yeah it was very manipulative and i never got that and then as i got older i never got that either like still so when i became rebellious i think that was me just saying hey look i wasn't caned i wasn't disciplined i got what i want um yeah it should just continue like yeah. whatever you want. So um, I read on supportive.com and that's S-U-P-P-O-R-T-I-V.com. And it says some of the signs of a dysfunctional family includes addiction, perfectionism, abuse slash neglect, unpredictability and fear, conditional love, lack of boundaries, lack of intimacy, and poor communication so let's start with poor communication wow yes (laughs) yeah our family definitely falls into some of these categories so poor communication is one of them like we said in a nigerian household family household the children are not heard they are seen but not heard a child doesn't have, I think things are currently changing, but back then a child just doesn't have a say. You don't have opinions. You don't form opinions. Why are you thinking too much? Why should you even have opinions? Go read your book. Go and study those maths, you know, those whatever you need to study. Do your homework. Um, there was no communication at all. Parents spoke and we listened. Parents instructed and we listen. It was like it was almost like a military, not military family, mm. but I can't say. But it was just um, controlled. But yeah, basically, would you you agree? Yes, of course I agree. I think it still goes on today because obviously um, you watch people, and I because I travel a lot, I go home. You like you you see families, and you you just see how they interact with their kids. Like kids yeah. cannot cannot say anything like i don't mean kids should speak back at parents but like the parents decides what you you, the child should eat the parents decide what time the child sleeps parents decide if they should what they should watch in terms of like why are you watching this or or Mm -hmm. why are you watching it at this time it's just very yes control your child but let them also like also listen to them what do they like you like and then and then the child grows up right and parents would have missed all these talents they yeah. the kid would have had or has because yeah. they failed to to listen or they failed to 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 
to invest in that child's talent because they've just missed the truth and they suppressed they've suppressed them for so long yeah so, uh, I absolutely agree and this is where dysfunctional comes in because by the time you suppress the child um ch- children don't know how to i mean if you grow up and you don't know how to express yourself you grow up into an ad- ad- an adult that doesn't know how to do these things and then mm-hmm. you have issues in your relationships with friends and in romantic partners and they just think you are strange but this is always coming from obviously your background um mm-hmm. your environment your family environment so um lack of intimacy that is also something that is absent in most in most homes because they're saying 96 percent but that was also absent in our family it's just um it wasn't available and um and we didn't think it was strange did we because i mean no, your friends was, like, school, i never I, heard uh i love you like like my oh, parents boy, no, never said, no, i love you i love you so bizarre you can't hear i love it's you. like what they what? i think they only they only connected i love you as a romantic thing not not as a, a thing of you could say i love you to your kids bond you yes, can say i love you yes. to your friend yes it's just uh, it was just um it was like literally monopolized for one person instead of stretched into the family the entire family even their friends or their their yeah. relatives um unfortunately children in i think most children in nigeria didn't hear the word i love you and we didn't think it was strange because you go to school and you're you're watching movies or your friends we talk about movies no one's no one's feeling like that's you know we're not feeling a type of way so we're not feeling sad that our parents mm-hmm. are not expressing those words to us because we just think yeah, it's normal it's normal and it's not normal your children should hear those words i love you so lack of boundaries where families don't have boundaries i don't think that was part of mm, that's not an issue there were boundaries there are loads of boundaries conditional loads. love uh so i i would i would I suppose like conditional love basically means that the child has to do this to obtain something or advice oh, yes. or something. So I think, yeah, that's part of it. Um, we talked about fear and unpredictability. It's, um, that's something I experienced. I fear. I was so fearful growing up. Oh, God, yeah. Terrified. Yeah. I was so scared. Um, scared of everything scared of going home from school just going home from school which would probably have taken me maybe 20 minutes walk okay actually maybe maybe a 30 minutes walk i I was okay fine it's not safe you shouldn't be going home but i would like our parents would be oh if you go outside something's gonna happen to you if you touch this something's gonna happen to you if you like to the point where we missed out on so much whereby you missed out on so many so many experiences because of fear that yeah. has been infused in you there was so much fear instilled in us it's like don't touch this don't go there don't go to your neighbor's house don't say this don't you just like ooh. But what exactly can we do yes <laughs> just you know listen to your parents basically abuse and neglect is that something we experience i don't think being neglected do you ever feel being neglected uh, when you say neglect like just abandonment in general 
No, I don't think I was abandoned. No, I, I don't. don't. Perfectionism, perfectionism, yes, you know, every African household expects you or some African household expects that child to be perfect. Basically, be a scholar, grow up to be decent, you know, that whole plan, they have a plan for you. You do very well in school, you go to uni, you do excellent. And it's not even just the parents at home. If you think about it in terms of perfectionism, it's like, so your parents want you to be this human being or this perfect child in school and in academics and everything. And then you go to school, boarding school or wherever, your tutors want you to look perfect at school. You need to have clean sandals, clean socks. Everything needs to be perfect. The pressure right? was so much. And, and there was so much pressure in every angle. Every. Eva, you couldn't church. even be a child. Yes. You were already taking on too many responsibilities as a child. And like even at church, you go for, what was those things we used to go for? What? Catechism. Oh, catechism, yeah. Yeah, we used to go for those things and like, the demands of just like being a pure mm. child, child and, like, and a pure christian and knowing yeah. the bible to yeah. front and, knowing, and i'm like how it was yeah <laughs> it was tough and you you see that subconsciously because that's how we were taught um and molded subconsciously we we find ourselves joined back into such habits you know you, you can't say something that is offensive to someone because you start feeling terrible, terrible about it because that's not how you were brought up. Um, when you know that if you're being honest, you're being honest. You know, honest. there's no emotion yeah. attached to it, not, no sentiment. Just move on and know that you don't intend to hurt that person. But you beat yourself down because your parents raised you to be kind, good, decent, this thing it was just it's just it's just a lot so much Um, yeah so addiction is um another one so we never experienced addiction in our parents were not addicted to anything no alcohol alcohol. you know no such thing i think when we started seeing our parents with alcohol we're already full-blown adults um yeah yeah, but even with that they never really drank even as like no they grown up they never no they they never indulge in in such habits so because the topic says overcoming the trauma so how do you think that you overcame trauma of our dysfunctional family i think by just leaving I think the two, three, two, three years that I used to travel, I think two years that I used to travel helped me a lot, or like in a lot of ways to overcome um, the trauma. And that was only me just when I was 26, which is, it took, uh, I was way too old yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um, and those two years were just a time for me to reflect a time for me to understand that um, it's okay that you come from a fat family like that, but you shouldn't let that um, those those traumas define you as a person, and don't beat yourself up um, because of you've gone through those experiences. Like yeah. it's you, like you can also change, like you can make, you can bring something good out of those experiences. Like you, you shouldn't let that, um, those experiences um, 
affect uh-huh. how one you treat people because yeah. they they like the, the trauma can affect affect it affects um, your relationship with people as a whole a lot and i didn't realize it i i'm only just realizing it that yeah. my childhood my childhood traumas or my childhood experiences is what makes me either a better friend or horrible friend yeah. either a horrible girlfriend or a really nice girlfriend yeah. so i think the me traveling for those two years I, I had time to think i was away from i was far far away from family yeah. like they like if they wanted to get in touch with me it was like it was timed we'll get in touch with you at this time so yeah. I, I i i and i think even though i left home like I, I think i was the youngest to leave home early i left home at maybe 18 um and you still live in the uk so you so you're still in touch with family they're still there you're still talking to them yeah. they're not it's not diff, it's not the same as when you're completely not completely cut off but like they're far far away from you so you have time to think and build yourself i think that's what helped me the yeah. traveling helped me a lot that's distance really, helps you a lot that's really good so i know that um because you raised something very important that i want to elaborate on um you talked about behaviors in relationship with people who don't realize that um has affected them as an adult and this can be true sometimes um your lack of communication is because um you just weren't taught how to communicate as a child and you're probably as an adult beating yourself about it the thing is just go back revisit that child and set that child free um uh-huh. there is no need beating yourself about it about areas that you can control. Yes, this habit has been formed, but they can be broken as well. Um, If you ain't taught how to love, especially there's so many children that just don't know what love is. They're out there desperate for love in places that are, so the void, so places that were in field to the, they start seeking for love in those areas. You start, maybe if you had daddy issues, mommy issues, um, just issues in general, you start looking for love in the wrong places when you can mm-hmm. go back and, you know, speak to that child and like fix everything and change those things. I mean, we become more knowledgeable as adults, um, work on your habits, be conscious of those habits and work on it um listen to your tone when you talk to people and try also also. talk about it very important if you you see having coming from a family or families that just have unrealistic expectations you should know when you're an adult that okay this was just unrealistic it, di- it doesn't make any sense so you you can move past it you, or you can try i know it's not that easy you know some people you'll be in friendship and you realize that you have friends that know how to express themselves very well and you just don't know how to that's something you can learn from them you know and listen mm-hmm. try and listen people are most people, especially your friends, close friends, assume that they're your friends for a reason. They are not there to, you know, they're not against you. They're there for your best interest, I hope. Um, so it's always okay to talk about it, like Magda said. Express yourself. Always try and express yourself. You have one life, one opportunity. 
So why don't you live your life to the fullest? And I know when people talk about living their life to the fullest, I think living their life to the fullest is like drinking, no. partying. No, 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 you know, that's not. No, it's <laughs> about discovering yourself to the fullest, knowing who you are. Some people don't even know who the, who they are, who what they, they are. like. Yeah. They they be in relationship and girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I've been in such such just friendships. Ever found? Have you ever found yourself in a friendship whereby? You're just doing things because your friends are doing it. You're going to places where, quite frankly, you don't even enjoy. You're just going there because of friends. That is right? me with clubs. <laughs> that is so oh, me doing clubbing. I... And you just conform to these behaviors, to, this, uh, to these um, hobbies. And, then, and, and not only after I lived in New Zealand, I realized, no, I, don't, I like being alone. I like being in my room. I like being by myself. I like fashion. I like doing this. And it's okay. It's it's absolutely okay. It is absolutely okay. That's the thing about discovering oneself. To get to the point of confidence and knowing that you're a different person. And it's okay. Whoever you discover is fine. You don't have to be, you don't have to conform that's not you shouldn't as an adult because that's just you being a child right now should i mean anybody that is above 16 is an adult right now so you shouldn't be conforming to to the standards of this world if you don't like drinking you don't have to drink if you don't like going clubbing you don't have to go clubbing um maybe because something in your childhood is desperate for people's attention people's love um approval you, you really don't have to. You also have love to give. So, you know, you're important. I guess that's what this is about. Everyone, they're saying 96% of us are from, you know, from a dysfunctional family to some degree. So it means most of us have to work on our issues and just um, learn to love who we are and maybe forgive your family. <laughs> Um, exactly that is like a massive step forgive your family for what they didn't know because it's literally just like a baton being passed a baton being passed like oh grandmother taught me this or they learned from their parents yeah yeah so you are more knowledgeable like i said so you can't put a stop to that and teach your children differently but wisely as well because children also do not have a mind of their own they don't know stuff you teach them those things so you have to teach them wisely um so magdalene we have got to the end of the show do you have any last words you want to share any advice or anything you want to share before we conclude quick advice my advice would be um self-acceptance nice because for a very long time i didn't really accept myself i didn't like the way i looked i didn't like uh, my hair i didn't like a lot of things about myself self-acceptance and also if you can't travel educate yourself in every single aspect of life right be like keep seeking for knowledge yeah. It's the most important thing because if you if you don't seek for knowledge, you'll never evolve. That's the whole point Absolutely. of life. I think life is about evolving. So you accept yourself and you learn to evolve. Awesome. Brilliant words. Thank you so much for taking out the time 
to come in on my show, The Woman is Podcast, to talk about something very personal. I do, do thoroughly appreciate it. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> I hope you do have the rest uh, a lovely night. I know it's not quite late in Dubai. Um, and to everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in tonight and listening to us chat so casually and unscripted about the topic. We do hope you have a lovely evening. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye.